Coming up on today's show, Bearcats head coach Luke Fickle will take the biggest stage he has ever taken in his head coaching career when the Bearcats take on Alabama in the Cotton Bowl. Plus, what happens if the Cotton Bowl comes down to the kicker? I think the Bearcats should avoid their kicking game entirely. All that and more coming up on today's episode of Locked On Bearcats. Thank you for making Lockdown Bearcats your first listen of every day. I'm Alex Frank welcoming you to Lockdown Bearcats. Today's episode is brought to you by NetSuite. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system to power your growth. Head to netsuite.com slash NCAA for special end-of-year financing on the number one financial system for growing businesses. Once again, I'm Alex Frank using my experiences from my days as sports director of the University of Cincinnati's Bearcast Media, where I was a commentator for Bearcats football and men's basketball games. I was a host of several live shows and podcasts on the Bearcats, made a lot of great connections with those in the athletic department and those who covered the Bearcats on a professional level, which I guess I'm now one of those professionals. I don't know, but using all of those experiences and bringing them here to Lockdown Bearcats. All right. We all know the countdown's on. We're now at nine days away from the Cotton Bowl, the Bearcats, and Alabama in the college football playoff semifinals. And I was trying to generate some content for today's show, and what stood out to me was, or what came to mind, I should say, was Luke Fickle, because... As I talked about on Wednesday's show, Desmond Ritter has been at the epicenter of this program's build from college football irrelevancy as a 4-8 team in the American Athletic Conference to now being in the college football playoff, the exclusive 14 playoff in college football. But obviously, Luke Fickle is just as much a part of that build as Desmond Ritter is. Because in college football, because quarterbacks sometimes don't stick around for four years like Desmond Ritter did, and Desmond Ritter is, without question, a big face of this program. But to me, college football programs, the faces of programs are always the head coaches. Nick Saban at Alabama. Jim Harbaugh. At Michigan. And now Luke Fickle at Cincinnati. And he's been that face of the program really since 2018. When this program got themselves out of irrelevancy to get to 10-2. Contend for a conference championship. And play in a meaningful bowl game. The military bowl. I mean that was a meaningful bowl game. Against Virginia Tech. Power 5 opponent. Virginia Tech. That year was ranked inside the top 25, and they were a good team to start the season. They sputtered a little bit down the stretch, but I'm just saying, Luke Fickle has been the face of this program since 2018. But he's about to take the biggest stage of his head coaching career. He's coached in many Ohio State-Michigan games as defensive coordinator for Ohio State. He took the field in the college football playoff twice with Ohio State as defensive coordinator. He devised game plans to beat Alabama and Oregon in 2014. 
He's coached in many big games. But here in Cincinnati, playing in the American Athletic Conference, and the conference does not offer you many opportunities for marquee, nationally televised, primetime games like the SEC, the ACC, or the Big Ten would. That comes down to scheduling to get those opportunities if you're in Cincinnati's position. Now, when they join the Big 12, they won't have to worry as much about that or put much of an emphasis on scheduling, but think about this. They, Cincinnati has played against the following top 10 teams since Luke Fickle arrived. Michigan, Ohio State, Georgia, Notre Dame, and now Alabama. Luke Fickle's record in those games is 1-3. And, and what's interesting to me is this. Two years ago when the Bearcats went to Ohio State, and the perception I got was, I think a lot of Bearcats fans were like, alright, let's just keep this game close. I was of that mind too. That game was over in the second quarter, unfortunately. Ohio State was far and away the better team. That was a really good Ohio State team. But what stood out to me that week was, think of all the storylines. If you remember, it was Luke Fickle going back to Ohio State. It was, you know, the storyline of how Luke Fickle's mentor was Jim Trestle. Now, obviously, Jim Trestle had nothing to do with this matchup, but still, Luke Fickle coached under Jim Trestle for many years. And you know how, what are two things that Luke Fickle always says? That he has constantly said since he got here. He lives under a rock. And he stays locked in and focused. And that and those are two great things. I love that he says that. And I do believe in when he says that. But there were so many storylines. Surrounding that game against Ohio State. And he just kind of shoved them off. Shoved them aside. He tried to stay locked in and focused. He tried to get the Bearcats as a team to do so. And it backfired. I don't think he fully embraced that opportunity. But lately I'm seeing that he has. And maybe because the Bearcats, when they got national attention, because they weren't used to it, they were still building their program to play for championships. They've played for a championship three straight seasons. That, and now, which they were not in Luke Fickle's first two plus seasons, this is now a top ten program. Luke Fickle always says they don't want to be a top 10 team. They want to be a top 10 program. Okay, the Bearcats have not been ranked outside the top 10 since October, since before October 11th of 2020. Since that date, they have been in the top 10 in the AP or college football playoff rankings. For a program like Cincinnati, that is remarkable. But with that has come national attention. And Luke Fickle can try all he wants. To shove it aside, you know, to stay in that bunker that he, you know, creates for himself. And that's fine. I think he has done that. He's done a great job of that. But he's also embraced the national attention that this team is getting, that this program is getting. If you want to be a top 10 program, you're going to get that. Next week at the Cotton Bowl, when they get there on Sunday, there's going to be interviews. There's going to be events. There's going to be, you know, press conferences, whatever. It's going to be a media zoo, not like the Super Bowl, but still, this is the college football playoff. And you're going to have to embrace it, I think. And I think you're seeing that a little bit more with Luke Fickle. The emphasis of that, of playing in marquee games, like at Notre Dame, 
And you're seeing it, and you read the answers he gives in press conferences. When he talks about Alabama, he knows they're very good. He knows the Bearcats are going to have a challenge. But the way they have went about Georgia last year, the way they went about Notre Dame this year, the way they went about every conference game this year, which, believe it or not, and I think you can agree with me on this, because the margin for error, once they got through Notre Dame, was so slim still. Lose one conference game, and the Bearcats were not going to have a shot at the college football playoff. Every conference game was important. I think Luke Fickle, he will not admit this, but I think he is starting to embrace the national media and attention that his now top 10 program and college football playoff bound program is getting. This is a big stage he is taking. He's 1-3 against top 10 teams in his, in his head coaching career at Cincinnati. In contrast, Nick Saban, and this is ridiculous. Ready for this? 36-10 against AP Top 10 teams since 2008. Against Top 25 teams, that's 71-17 is his record. Wowzers. Anyway, he's now embracing what this team is, what his program is, this program is, and what this program can accomplish. This will be without question the biggest stage that the Bearcats take. In Luke Fickle's head coaching career. Luke Fickle and Cincinnati. Is he ready? They went toe-to-toe with Georgia last year. They won at Notre Dame. They've built this program into being a top 10 program. One that can compete with anybody in the country. Is he ready for this though? This is Alabama. Like, like I've said many times. This is Alabama. The gold standard of modern day college football. In the college football playoff, in which Alabama has been seven of eight times and has been the number one seed five of those seven times they've been. Is Luke Fickle ready to take that stage? I think he is, but we're going to find out if the Bearcats, how they come out in, in the opening moments of the game, first half. I think by halftime, you'll have a good indication of how that game is going to play out. And I'll get to that more uh, uh, next week leading up to the game. Coming up next, though, what happens if the Cotton Bowl comes down to the kicker? Are the Bearcats going to be able to come through in those situations with their kicking game? Or do they even have to go to that? Do they have to go to their kicking game? I'll tell you why I think the Bearcats should avoid having to kick field goals throughout the entire game. Next. Alright, this is it. The putt to win the tournament. If you sink it, the championship is yours. But on your backswing, your hat falls over your eyes. Is this how you're running your business? Poor visibility because you're still relying on spreadsheets and outdated finance software? To see the full picture, you need to upgrade to NetSuite by Oracle. It's the number one cloud financial system to power your growth NetSuite has visibility and control of your financials, inventory, HR, planning, budgeting, and more. NetSuite is everything you need to grow all in one place. You can automate your processes and close your books in no time while staying well ahead of your competition. 93% of surveyed businesses increase their visibility and control after upgrading to NetSuite. Over 28,000 businesses already use NetSuite 
For the new year, they have a new financing program for those ready to upgrade at netsuite.com slash locked. Head to netsuite.com slash locked for the special one-of-a-kind financing offer on the number one financial system for growing businesses, netsuite.com slash locked. Once again, thank you for making Locked On Bearcats your first listen of every day. Make sure to check out the Ultimate College Football Playoff Preview 2021 local experts betting advice and draft analysis. The most comprehensive college football playoff preview begins this Friday. That is tomorrow as we are just eight days away from the college football playoff Cincinnati and Alabama. And there's a weakness on this Bearcats team. It's hard to think about that because this team is so dominant in so many ways. Offense, defense, you know, their running game, their passing game, their receivers, their corners, their defensive line, their linebackers. There is no weak position group on the field, but there is a weak unit, special teams particularly the kicking game. And if you think about it, it's been a problem for many years. Like when there's a when a team has a weakness. And you talk about that within that specific year. Sometimes you can trace it back multiple years. I know this because as a Bengals fan, they can't cover tight ends in the middle of the field. This year, and that's been the case for many years. That's the same with the Bearcats. If, if Go back to 2018, if, and you look at the numbers. So this year, the Bearcats have used three kickers. Three kickers they've used to combine for 7 of 17 kicking field goals. Not good, to say the least. Cole Smith, 3 of 8. Then he got injured, hasn't played since. Alex Bales, 2 of 5. Christian Lowry is two of two of four. Still not that great. Even when they have changed kickers, it still is a problem. And unfortunately, the game may come down. The Cotton Bowl may come down to the kicker. What happens if it does? What what happens if? Let me give you this scenario to ponder. What happens? What will happen if the game is tied at, let's say, 27-27 and the Bearcats can win the game, can go to the national championship if whoever trots out onto the field is the kicker, whether it's Alex Bales or Christian Lowry? Because I don't think Cole Smith is going to trot out there. He could, but I haven't heard anything that he is going to play in this game. What, what what will happen if it's a 40-yard field goal or a 35-yard field goal or just a simple 23-yard field goal, which the Bearcats missed in the AAC Championship game? Shockingly or not shockingly, depending on how you view this kicking situation. How much confidence are you going to have in that kicker who trots out onto the field for Cincinnati to make that game-winning field goal if the game comes down to it? Last year, Cole Smith kicked the game-winning field goal in the AAC Championship game. But before that, and Cole Smith last year, 
was 7 of 10 kicking field goals. 7 of 10. But remember how many games the Bearcats did not have to kick a field goal? Because they kept scoring touchdowns. I mean, there were so many, there were six games last year. By my memory, where the Bearcats won them all, scoring won them scoring touchdowns. No field goals whatsoever. Cole Smith has a big leg. We know that. But he can't make the simple kicks. 5 of 12 his first year. 2 of 3 his second year before getting benched for Sam Crosa. 7 of 10 last year, including the game-winning field goal against Tulsa in the conference championship game. This year, just 3 of 8. He also missed an extra point at Indiana. And I, I, I just think about, you know... How much confidence as a fan, whether you're going to be at the game, whether you're going to be at a bar in Dallas or at a bar in Cincinnati, wherever you're going to be, how much confidence are you going to have in that kicker? And you would be justifiably so if you said not a lot. Because I quite frankly don't either. Especially after, I'm struggling to remember who it was. In the conference championship game. I think it was Alex Bales. Who missed that 23 yard field goal. In the conference championship game. That cannot happen. It was Alex Bales. That cannot happen. 23 yard field goals. I And I've always thought that kicking field goals in college. Is a little bit different. Maybe more difficult in the NFL. Because of the way the hash marks are aligned. Sometimes you're well off to the right or left of the of the goalposts. I get that. But still, a simple 23-yard kick. And that's why I think Cincinnati, if they can, should avoid their kicking game at all costs. They haven't made a field goal in their last three games. They've struggled to kick extra points this season. Whoever has been kicking extra points. I mean, th- th- this kicking game, like, you know, you don't... The thing about the kicking game is you don't think about it until it's a problem. And once it becomes a problem, it stays with you. Like, I would I would love to ask Vikings fans their thoughts about their kicking game. Because, man, let me tell you, they've lost some heartbreakers because of missed field goals. And you think about that, and you think about it with... You know, the Bengals, for me, for as great as Darren Simmons is as a special teams head coach, they've had some kicking issues over the years. Even when your kicking game gets fixed, you still think about, oh, you know, he could miss this. And you're absolutely thinking about that if you're a, a Bearcats fan. And Bearcats fans, you listening to this, I'm sure agree with me. Don't get into a situation where you have to kick the field goal. Play for touchdowns. The game may come down to the kicker. If it's tied at the end of regulation and there's three seconds left and you're 20 yards away from the end zone, kick the field goal. But will you have confidence that whoever kicks it, Bales or Lowry or maybe Cole Smith, are they going to make it? I don't know. You hope they do. Because kicking kicking easy field goals, chip shot field goals, and extra points, all those little things add up in trying to pull an upset against a team like Alabama. 
Remember 2009? Alabama won a game 12-10 because Terrence Cody blocked two field goals against Tennessee. If they don't make the if he does not block those two field goals, Cincinnati plays in the national championship. Maybe, actually. I think I got too ahead of myself there. But I'm just saying, think about how that season would have played out if Terrence Cody does not block two field goals in a mid-October game against arch-rival Tennessee. Alabama's a team that will beat you if you don't do this the little things, the easy things, like chip shot field goals, making your extra points. You're not kicking the extra point from the 15-yard line. This, this can be a problem for Cincinnati in this game. What happens if the game comes down to the kicker? Play for touchdowns. Avoid the kicking game at all costs. And offensive coordinator Mike Denbrock is going to have to realize that. I'll get to that next here on Locked On Bearcats. Bet Online has you covered this holiday season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football continues its march through the college bowl season and the pro football playoffs. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code Locked On to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports, so don't wait to take advantage of all the new amazing offers available. Bet online, where the game starts. Heading down the stretch here on Lockdown Bearcats on this Thursday, December 23rd, 2021. Alex Frank here. Cincinnati and Alabama eight days away from taking the field in Dallas in the college football playoff semifinals at the Goodyear Cotton Bowl Classic. Of course, the winner advancing to take on the winner of Michigan and Georgia in the national championship game on Monday night, January 10th. I, mean, I, I think the Michigan-Georgia game is going to be a really, really good competitive type football game. And the thing is, I think Cincinnati can beat Michigan or Georgia. If they shock the world and upset Alabama, if they shock the world and do that, whoever they play in the national championship, Michigan or Georgia, I think they can beat either one of those teams. Now, if they beat Alabama, I, I, I'll get into leading up to the national championship, you know, how do you collect yourself, come back to earth, after a win like that over Alabama and focus on your next opponent because maybe to some of you, being Alabama would be like winning the national championship, but we have to remember the Bearcats have to win two games. And I think this team will understand that. Anyway, somebody that Bearcats fans love to scapegoat, love to point the finger at for when things aren't going well, on offense, is offensive coordinator Mike Denbrock. And Mike Denbrock has been here since Luke Fickle got here. And Denbrock has been in a lot of different places throughout his career. He's a good college football coach. He's a good offensive coordinator. But sometimes, and I know this because I heard it from 
a former colleague on the sports staff of Aircast Media. I heard it. I heard it from fans. I heard it from callers on Mo Egger's show, Lance McAllister's show. I've heard it. I've read all the comments. Bearcats fans do not like Mike Dembrock. He can irk them. He can make them want to pull their hair out. I'm sure you listening to this right now, you feel the same way. Because I do too. There is too much talent on this offense to be playing conservative at times. Like, I don't know if this, if Mike Denbrock has mastered consistency yet. Because you watch this offense sometimes, and they just take the top off an opposing defense. But then you watch the conference championship game, and they get inside the 10-yard line, and you're thinking they're going to stop their foot on Houston, they're going to start the blowout right there, and then they're going to open up the can of whoop-ass whatever. And after an incomplete pass to Alec Pierce in the end zone, I'm standing right on the sideline as this is happening. Run, run, missed field goal. Why aren't you throwing the ball? Like, you don't have to run with Jerome Ford. I get Jerome Ford's a good running back. He's the he Jerome Ford is this offense's most important player. Most valuable player. The USF game proved that. But don't run him in the red zone. You have options. Josh Wiley, who is this team's best red zone threat. Leonard Taylor. Desmond Ritter on a quarterback draw. Or you want to run misdirection. You know, maybe fake a handoff to the right and then Ritter's got all the room on the left side. Don't run up the middle right into the teeth of the defense. This offense can beat opposing defenses on the perimeter. And I'm saying all of this because you cannot play conservative once you get inside the opponent's 30. Once you get in the red zone to just kick the field goal. Because this kicking game sucks. This kicking game is not what's going to win the Bearcats games. What's the most number of field goals they've made in a game this season? Two? Two. Navy... And that's it. Oh. Alright. They've only made multiple field goals in one game this season. Oh. Okay. So what should that tell Mike Denbrock? That should tell him that we need to be aggressive throughout the entire game. If you think about this. Like, we view Nick Saban as the greatest coach in college football, as the best coach in college football right now. And we view Bill Belichick as the best coach in the NFL. And so many times, head coaches, when they when their teams go up against Alabama or the Patriots, they make costly decisions. Sometimes it's being aggressive, <clears throat> Kyle Shanahan. Sometimes it's being too conservative. You want to know how Doug Peterson and the Eagles beat the Patriots in Super Bowl 52? Because they kept their foot on the gas. They knew they could beat New England's defense and they could score on them. And they did. 
you can beat, you can play against Alabama's defense. You can score against Alabama's defense. I'm sorry, Alabama gave up 41 points to Texas A&M, 24 points to Tennessee, 35 points to Arkansas, and if LSU had a quarterback and a wide receiver like maybe Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase, they would have given up more than 14 points. I'm just throwing those out there. They also gave up 24 to Georgia. Teams can score in Alabama. Florida scored 29. Certainly Cincinnati can score more than that. In any game. They can do it against Alabama too. Alabama's defense, we, we, we make them sometimes like they're the best defense in the world. And I get it, they've had so many great defensive players come through that program. But man, they've had some dud performances in the college football playoff. Mike Denbrock has to realize, and it's one thing, you know, Luke Fickle can say that they have confidence in Cole Smith, and I get that he's supposed to say that, and, and I like that. But you have to understand, what is going to win this team games? We have to keep scoring touchdowns, keep our foot on the gas. Mike Denbrock has weapons. Know your personnel, know what they're good at, know when to use them to score touchdowns. Keep your kicking game off the field. That might be extreme, but you know what? You may never get another opportunity like this against Alabama in the college football playoff. I don't know when you will. Mike Denbrock may be leaving after this season. There have been rumors he might go to LSU and coach under Brian Kelly as their offensive coordinator. But this game, Mike Denbrock has to understand touchdowns are going to win this game, not field goals. You're not going to beat Alabama kicking field goals. This is not LSU 9-6 in 2011. That's not not Alabama right now. Alabama has evolved their offense. They're explosive. You have to match that. In the red zone, don't run the ball three straight times or two straight times. Use Desmond Ritter, your Heisman Trophy top 10 finishing quarterback. Use Josh Wiley, who's one of the best tight ends in the country. Leonard Taylor. One of the best tight end duos in the country, Wiley and Taylor. Use them. Use whatever you can to avoid kicking field goals. If you're Mike Denbrock, be aggressive. Know your personnel. Know the situations. Because you remember last year, the Bearcats lost against Georgia because Mike Denbrock called a pass on third and two when they should have run. I get that. I get that. Now, if they get that play, we're praising his aggressiveness. That's the thing. There's two sides to every story. Everybody loves to criticize because something went wrong. But do you ever think about what what you would be saying if it worked? Because it could have. It just didn't. So that's why in this game, it may come down to Mike Dembrock and his play calling and his, you know, situational coaching. That's going to do it for me today. Big show tomorrow. Michael Canardi, the Chief Marketing Officer for the Cotton Bowl, he is going to join me. Dan Horde is going to join me Monday to preview all things Cotton Bowl, talk about all the Bearcats this season. We'll throw some basketball in there as well. 10-3, and three, and Cincinnati is now starting to appear in Joe Lenardi's bracketology. I know that they're the next four out, but still, considering where they were last year, I'll take that. Going into conference play, 10-3. and three. I'll talk about all of that with Dan Horde. 
As for me, you can follow me on Twitter at Frankie underscore Natty. That's with two N's, N-N-A-T-I. On Instagram, I'm AlexFrank9 underscore. You can email me at Alex3Frank, all lowercase, Alex, the number three, Frank at gmail.com. And remember to make your second listen, Locked On Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked On Bets, hosted by your boy Q, with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It's free and available on all platforms. And thank you for making Locked On Bearcats your first listen every day. I'll be back tomorrow with the Chief Marketing Officer for the Cotton Bowl, Michael Canardi. It's going to be a fun show. Talking all things Cotton Bowl and this year's Cotton Bowl matchup, Cincinnati and Alabama. Until then, until tomorrow, have a Bearcat day.